This episode is brought to you by Set for Life Insurance. Listen, docs, one of the first steps we took to pay off our student loan debt was realizing we paid way too much for our disability insurance. That all changed when we found Set for Life Insurance. They helped us with a customized insurance policy that met our needs and most of all, budget. To learn more, check out setforlifeinsurance.com. This is Docs Outside the Box. I am your host, Dr. Nee, and I got my lovely co-host and tired co-host sitting right next to me. That is Dr. Renee. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Thank you to all our loyal, humble, amazing, deftifying, just cool. I just want to see how many adjectives you can pull out. And is your audience really humble? I mean, yeah, I think they're humble to some extent. <laughs> Before we get into this, I want to do a quick shout out. Yo, since we've been gone, there's been a lot of stuff that's going on. But I want to give a quick shout out to all the M4s, the fourth year medical students that have matched. Woof, woof. Obviously, that is a big deal. A lot of joy, a lot of hard work gets put into that. Yeah. So I want to give a big shout out to you all, especially yeah. during this time of COVID and having to deal with so many different things that you were not expecting to deal with and to come through on the other end and match, I think it's pretty dope. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this season was just much different than any other season, just the interview season for the fourth years. I just can't even imagine. So yeah, congratulations. And yeah, it's the doctoring. Yo, it gets real after this, guys. But as I always say, residency is amazing. It's going to be a great opportunity to see you guys on awards. And hold on, before we move even further, I just want to say shout out to those who didn't match also. Right. Right. I think that is just as important to acknowledge the folks who didn't match. Please do not look at this as a reflection on you. Mm-hmm. There are literally not enough residency spots for every yep. medical student that's graduating. So try your best not to look at this personally. I know this is a very difficult and uncertain time. But trust that in life, life happens at seasons. Right. And the reason why we go through certain things is really to come through on it stronger. And as someone who went through residency as a categorical, you know, I saw that hustle that prelims had their PGY one year, PGY two year, and even into their PGY three year. And I know it's a really tough hustle, but it's something that I think makes them all better. Mm-hmm. You know, And I wish that there was something that the government could do. I wish it was something that us as a medical society and medical schools could do because it just, to me, doesn't make sense to keep opening up new medical schools and not open up the amount of residencies yep. out there too. So yeah, if you didn't match, I want to say, keep the faith, stay positive. You're going to reach your goal. And maybe this is an opportunity to consider pivoting to another specialty also. It's just things to consider. Yeah. Be open. Absolutely. So back to the beginning. While we was gone. <laughs> Yo, so this month of March has been crazy. Obviously, you are back to working. Yeah, I am working, I should say. Not I just worked. But yeah, I'm working more than I have in a while. So it's been a little strange, been a little tiring. But yeah, I think I've worked so far, what, almost three or four weekends in a row. Right. And with that, What it does for me is because I travel for my job and I'm away for some time, I usually try to get away or travel once or twice a month and then go for an extended period of time and work. But because you're doing weekends, there's this 
kind of going back and forth. Yeah. And as a result, it just disruptive. Or I think we're finding it that it's disruptive. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, probably should not do that again. Yeah. yeah. This month was crazy. <laughs> we probably should not do that again. I think I have two more weekends straight of work, but it's just been very disruptive, I think. So we need to find another balance. I think the easiest thing is most people would jump to thinking that, okay, it's affecting the podcast. But for me, I'm looking at it more of it's affecting how our kids mm -hmm. respond. Like our three-year-old is already asking, Papa, are you leaving again? It's mm -hmm. just, that's crazy. But we got some things in the planning stages that hopefully will come down to the pipeline. And obviously this can't last forever. So right. this right. is something that we may have to change, but that affects also how we podcast, mm -hmm. right? That I've been able to do a majority of my interviews while on the road, but there are times when we need to get together mm -hmm. and interview. We can't do that because when we get home, we passed out. Right. Or when you go and travel, it's just me. Or when I'm gone, it's just you. And the ability to get the kids to sleep and all, like we ain't got time to do our podcasting yeah. together. So that's affected it. And I'm not going to lie, over the past three weeks, I really haven't felt like potting. Oh man, it's just been a really busy time, really trying time. But I think once we get over this hump, of all of these back and forth schedules that we have, I think we'll be okay. You know, one of the things that people keep asking us is how do you balance all of this stuff? How do you find the time to do all this stuff? And first of all, you know me already. I do not believe in balance. I think you can strive for balance, but I think that having balance is just one of those things where, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, when I think about balance, I think about this very well orchestrated machine. And I'm just like, yeah, first of all, that is not me. You know me. I'm not structured that way at all. But yeah, I think the idea of balance is tough, especially when you have so many variables in your life. So it just becomes just really tough. Yeah. I think one of the things that are coming up for us, and we'll be talking about this on future episodes, people, is, is before we had kids doing locums, for the med students that are listening, that's traveling and working as an independent contractor at different hospitals. I think that was great for us at first, mm -hmm. right? We had gone through some obstacles trying to do that, like fertility and so forth, but it was just us. And then mm -hmm. when our firstborn, when he arrived, those first two years, it's just not the same as now, right? right? It's not the same in our second, he's getting to the age where they just all need separate types of attention mm -hmm. and being on the road all the time. I don't know if that's going to work anymore. Yeah, it's tough. You know, it really is. It's tough. I mean, you and I have even talked about dun, 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 taking permanent jobs. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. We'll see how that works out and stuff. I but know. At yeah. least something that we don't have to travel too much for. So, right. And that's all in accordance with us being transparent with the audience and keeping it real. Mm -hmm. We're all about independent contracting, but sometimes we may have to just consider other things also. So yeah. I'll leave it at that. But I think that it's pretty obvious for me, at least over these past three weeks, from a mindset standpoint, I just wasn't in it to really express myself in a way that I think the audience would benefit. The second M. <laughs> so yeah, that's where we're at. But speaking about balance, I actually talked about that on Dr. Peter Kim's Leveraging Growth Summit that is going on right now. By the time this episode gets out, it probably would be either done or still in the midst. Mm -hmm. But I got a chance to talk about podcasting and how you can use it as a business on his virtual summit. We did it last year. Of note, last year I had COVID. 
It was so difficult for me to talk during that time. I could only talk for maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds at a time. And then I had to take a breather. Literally had to take a breather. I had to talk the entire time with a lozenge in my mouth because I just kept coughing. I had to have water. But man, what a difference a year makes. Hmm. Tell me about it. And maybe not what a difference a year makes because it's just <laughs> we're still in a pandemic and things haven't changed much, but mm. it was good. It was fun. I talked about balance and how I don't believe in that there's really anything of, of balance. It's just really tough to try to make all those things happen. And he asked that question in the realm of how have I been able to keep the content coming out, being a full-time trauma surgeon, as well as you jumping on mm. with your OB duties, mom duties all these different things and we still continue to put out content. And I just kept it real. And I just said, look, like we make it happen as best as we can. Right. But I think the most important thing that I was able to get out there and I hope people understand this is, is that there's this, I feel like podcasting is just a part of us, right? I feel like this podcast, it's a natural extension of us. It's our third baby. Right? Uh, I wouldn't say that, <laughs> but it is what it is. And it was a fun, it was a fun conversation we got into what it takes to start a podcast. I'm not sure when it's going to be available for everyone to consume. Mm -hmm. But in the show notes, I'll put the links so people can download it. But I felt really good about that episode or that interview. And I think we've gotten a lot of people. I've gotten a lot of feedback from people on Facebook. I've gotten a lot of feedback from people on Instagram and email just saying, hey, I heard you on the summit. I didn't know about your podcast or I didn't know about you in general. Let's talk. A lot right. of people are interested in coming on the show. A lot of people are just discovering the show. So I think that I'm super excited about that. That's good. Opening up kind of the eyes of new people, especially at a time when you're like kind of pivoting, if you will, with what you're doing with the podcast. So I think it's an exciting time. Well, look, first of all, I, let's just do this. Let's just say to all of our day ones. So those who've been with us since April of 2016. And this is April, April of 2016. And now it's April 2021. Happy anniversary. Not yet. Not yet. It's at <laughs> the end yet. of the month. Okay. It's at the end of the month. But this is our anniversary month. And to everyone who's been rolling with us since 2016, 2017, 2018, yeah. 2019, to I say all, thank you. Man, to all of your first few guests. Yeah, to all the guests who are like, what, what you doing? What is this? <laughs> Doc's outside the box. Carmen what? Brown. Yeah. She's like, sure, I'll talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I consider you a new Jack if you came on from 2020 onwards. I'll just leave it at that. Right. Maybe even 2019, you're a new Jack to the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I do appreciate y'all listening and the support that y'all have been giving us. And to the new listeners who jumped on recently, maybe not through Dr. Peter Kim's summit, and maybe a whole bunch who've come on through the summit Welcome to the podcast. This is how we talk. We talk real. We talk doctor talk, but we also talk personal finance. We talk mindset. We talk mission. We talk all of that stuff, but from a real standpoint. We're not your average doctor podcast. We have fun here. We keep it real. As I said on his show, you're not going to be tuning into this show to hear a TED talk. We just don't do that here. No. <laughs> but what we talk about on this show, whether you are a medical student we talk about the things that are going to affect you as a medical student, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about the financial decisions that you got to make as a medical student. We talk about social advocacy. All these things affect medical students because they're watching mm -hmm. us as an example, but also there are topics that specifically affect them. Mm -hmm. And then as residents, obviously, there's a lot of information for them. And then if you become a new attending, there's a lot of things here that we talk about. So there's something for everyone on this show. 
Yeah, I mean, what I like about the show is that we talk about just navigating the world that we live in as physicians and that we don't live in this bubble of medicine alone. Certainly medicine is a big part of our lives, but there's a lot of other things that we face. Life. Right. So that's one thing I want to get on real quick. So I think that initially when I started the show, I just wanted to just give information, the X's and Y's of how to accomplish certain things in your life. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. We still do that to an extent. But I think if we fail to give the life experience that goes along with it, Mm -hmm. the consequences, the positives, the pros, the cons, all of that stuff that goes with some of these X and Y decisions, I think we're missing an opportunity to really leave lasting effect on someone. Mm -hmm. If you tell someone, pay off your debt, why? Because debt's not good. And you have to budget and do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that's important. But if you don't explain to people that, listen, student loans really affect your life in ways in which you can't understand more than just mathematics. It makes a difference in where you live. It makes a difference on the type of job you take. It makes a difference on how many shifts you want to take, when you can say yes or no to whoever you want to say no to, how many kids you want to have, what schools they're going to be in. (laughs) How much time you spend with your kids. How much time you spend with your kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I think that if you are new to the show, that's the perspective that we give on this show. Right. You're going to get the X's and Y's, but you're also going to get the emotional things. And I think initially I was really reluctant to share that personal side. And then as you kind of challenged me to share that side more, I really started to get the energy from telling that life story standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that people can learn so much just literally from the life examples that we have. Absolutely. So case in point. Alden, Dr. Alden, he invited me to speak with the Black Men in Medicine group at Harvard University virtually. And we were talking about finances. And when he first asked me, I was like, oh yeah, no problem. I know what I'm going to talk about. And then probably about a week before the event occurred, I actually changed my presentation and said, you know what? I'm just going to talk about my experience. I'm not going to focus too much on the X's and Y's of paying off your student loan debt or the X's and Y's of index funds and all these different things. I'm going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it from the School of Hard Knocks. So I broke up the presentation into three things. (laughs) So the first one is don't ever pick a financial advisor at a club that you met at a club. Right. That is important. So for my day ones, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. And Mm -hmm. we may have to do this show again. Mm -hmm. But for the new listeners, one of the biggest mistakes that I made and I wrote my wife into this and other friends into this is. He technically wasn't our financial advisor, but basically he was an insurance agent trying to front. He was very close to being. He was an insurance agent trying to front like he was a financial advisor. Mm. But I met him at a club. I should have been like, yo, this is not a good idea. But anyway. Some people pick up girls at a club, Nee. You picked up a financial advisor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ain't that something, right? (laughs) And then the next one was the next option that we talked about was scared money don't make money. Right. Right. And that's where I talked about my fear of going into the stock market because of the emotional relationship that I have with money, with stocks, and particularly in 1988 and also in 2008, those are both really bad years or bad moments in the stock market. And both of them ended with my father losing his job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 2008, my father lost his job, put him into early retirement, but also at the same time, my house value, I bought a house for $170,000. Found out that literally every house in my neighborhood was $50,000 or less. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Years later. Crazy. Right? 
and then the third one was I forgot what the third one was, but basically everybody really connected with the stories that I was telling. Yeah. Mainly because I could have spent the time talking about, and I did to some extent, like the rate of return of the stock market since like the 1920s and how it always goes up. Right. The very technical aspects. I mentioned all that. But when I really started telling these stories about, yeah, I met this guy at a club. We met on the campus of University of Miami. And he started telling me all these different things about whole life insurance. And I fell for it. You could use it as a bank and all that stuff. And then at the end, he says, hey, listen, do you have any other people that you can let me know about that you can referrals that you could give me? I was like, oh, why? Yes. He saw the sucker stamp on your forehead. (laughs) Word up, yo. Yep. So I proceeded down that path, made those decisions, made those mistakes. I told him about the conversation that we had with him once we got married. And we're just like, hold up. Mm-hmm. Why are we paying more money in whole life insurance than we are towards our student loan debt and more towards than what we're just investing? They were shocked. But there were some people who were just like, yeah, I understand what you're going through. And then when I talked about scared money, don't make money and how like I'd rather just put money underneath my bed or real time, I'm busy operating or I just don't have time for that to understand the stock market. And I was mm-hmm. like, listen, this is what I learned about index funds. And it's better to make an action than to be paralyzed by it. So here's the plan right here. They really resonated with that. They loved it. Yeah. They ate it up. And that's when I was just like, huh, maybe it is really about sharing. Like we've done some good shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like we've done some good stuff just based off of life experience. But I mean, people resonate with those things because one, it happened, right? It actually happened. And then two, it could happen, right? Yeah. Right. So it's like, wow, that happened to Dr. Nee. But man, that could happen to me. Yeah. Or it's happening to or me. Or it's right. Or it is happening to me. That's why I was saying that what I love about the show is that we don't just talk about, oh, we're doctors and having this technical conversation on something that you could literally take a test on, right? Like the index funds and the stocks and mutual funds and things like that. Things that you could literally sit down and take a test on. But now we're talking about real life experiences and basically how easy it is for people to fall into traps because we as doctors still have to navigate the world. It doesn't matter how many textbooks are out there. It doesn't matter how many technical things are out there. We still have to navigate the world in a very social way. And it's those social interactions and social experiences, I think, that really help people to understand, oh, this is why this is important, not just the rate of return. Yeah. About two weeks ago, I did a clubhouse. I took a little hiatus from clubhouse because you had my phone for a bit. We share a phone. Yeah, we share an iPhone, right? (laughs) So we share an iPhone just for clubhousing. So we bought a used iPhone and we clubhouse on it, right? So I did a clubhouse chat with aspiring MDs. Mm -hmm. which is a really amazing group. Y'all need to be following Aspiring MDs. But I did a- Shout out to Casa. Yeah, he's legit. Mm -hmm. So I did a clubhouse with Dr. Farhana. She is also known as Dr. Underscore Finances on Instagram. And we talked about paying off debt and all those different things. She has a really good story. And I'm going to have her on my show in a couple of weeks, actually, to talk about her story. But she paid off at least $200,000 in debt. I think Mm -hmm. $260,000 in student loan Mm. debt. So I was telling the story about how we paid off $662,000 in three years, right? I'll up your 
226,000. Exponentially, please. You know what I'm saying? What you got on that, sis? Right? Hold up. Before we continue to all my day ones, and you know each and every one of you who you are, thank you for rolling with the show from Jump. And to the new listeners, welcome. What's good? Where y'all been? I want y'all to stay a while. All right. So look, I'm trying to build a community here and I need your help. So with whatever app you're listening to this show right now, I want you to click the subscribe button. Then I want you to go over to Apple Podcasts and I want you to rate and review the show. And you may be asking, how does this help? The way how it helps is by helping the show to grow and rise up in the rankings so that it's easier for new people to discover the show. Now, what's in it for you is at least once a week, I'm going to be going through these reviews I'm going to pick a lucky reviewer and I'm going to give that person an opportunity to have a 15 minute session with me where we could talk about anything from personal finance, getting your money right to just shooting the you know what about the show. So listen, remember, all I need you to do is subscribe and then rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. Let's get on with the episode. Peace. Not to brag, but to let people know why we did this and the questions that we were getting from folks, most of the people were either medical students or residents. There were very few attendings there. And the questions that they were asking, there were a lot of emotional questions in terms of the consequences. What is this going to have on their life? But I think what I was able to share with them is just that concept of interest. You know me, I'm very graphic in my descriptions of things. So I would tell them what it was like to avoid making payments or to take a very slow approach to paying off our student loan debt. And how, you know, literally for each of us, at least every time we would make the minimum payment, at least $1,000 of interest would accrue on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. At least. And when I described it to them as how useless that interest payment was Mm -hmm. and how I would go to work, save someone's life or take care of people, spend all this crazy amount of time taking care of people and doing all this stressful stuff to get a paycheck. And a significant portion of my paycheck is going to go towards interest. Interest. I told them it is literally the equivalent of going to an ATM machine in the morning before you go to work, putting your card in the ATM machine, taking out $1,000 in straight cash, getting in your car, driving in your car, open the window and just let it rain on the street. (laughs) Put your hand out the window. (laughs) That's the moment where you just let it pause. Let it simmer for a little bit. All right. So once I said that to them, right, they were just like, damn, now we get it. I'm like, yeah, that's how useless interest is. Yeah. It's not helping anybody except the person that you borrowed the money from. That's it. That's it. So for those who are new to the show, that's a little bit about what the show's about. The show is literally, this is the new business school of medicine. All right. I'm going to say it again. Listen up, listen clear. Docs Outside the Box is the new business school of medicine. Everything that you wanted to learn or we should have learned in medical school, but they didn't teach us, that's what this podcast is about. Docs Outside the Box. So when I say that this is not your average podcast, I mean it, right? We're going to cover the things that they should have been teaching us in med school, but they don't have the time for, quote unquote, or there's just whatever it may be, we're talking about it. So it's really important that y'all understand what this show is about, right? We're going to get into the X's and Y's of passive income, real estate. We're going to talk about paying off your debt. We're going to talk about investing. We're going to talk about the growth mindset. 
right, with Kyle Dweck and all of those specifics. We're going to talk about what it's like to start your own mission, going overseas, starting humanitarian work, social advocacy, obviously with 2020, with what happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. This is more of a big deal. So I welcome all of you guys to the show. I hope that you guys listen. I hope you subscribe. I hope you tell other people about this because this is the way in which doctors need to be talking. More candidly. More candidly and for real, for real. So just want to say welcome to everyone who just jumped on. Now, listen, other new things with this podcast is we got a new website, finally. I want everybody to check out the new drneedarko.com. On the website, you will see basically what I just told you, right? What we are, the new business school of medicine. I'm putting it out there. I need to trademark that, actually. I need to trademark that. Right. And keep it as an icon in the front page. And for everybody who's interested and wanting to be on the show, please don't email me. Just go to the contact page on the website. And when you go on the contact page, you'll see that there's a section for a request to be on the podcast. Just fill out the questions there. It helps me to understand what you're kind of looking to come on the show to do. But the website is different. I think it's really focusing on what the show is about. Yeah, I got a glimpse of it so far. I got the sneak preview. Yeah. And it's looking good. Thank you very much. So make sure you guys check that out. Day ones, make sure you check that out. You can also listen to new episodes or actually you can listen to all the episodes through there. Mm-hmm. We got a little bit of a difference of the formatting of the website as well as on the actual podcast episode pages. So check that out. There are other big things that are coming down the pipeline also. So stay tuned for that. We have another virtual summit that's coming up, right? And Yay. we're going to be talking about things similar to the virtual summit 1.0. If you go to the website and check out under the podcast menu, Go to the virtual summit and we're going to make it bigger, more encompassing and really help people from whatever various stage they are. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. So it's time to read a review. This is our first bad review. (laughs) Bring it. It's our first bad review. So everyone who's listening, as you know, or if you don't know, reviews are really the lifeline, the lifeblood of any podcast, specifically with Apple Podcasts, because they use that in their algorithms, how they present your podcast to someone, like all of that algorithm, all those things that show up, the matrix, all of that stuff that I don't really completely understand. I just know that if you give me a review, hopefully a five-star review, it really helps it to become that much more discoverable for new people. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I need that in my life. We need this for the show, guys. Hook us up with a review. So if you go to the show notes, there's something that says rate my podcast. Just click on that bad boy, review this podcast, and let us know what's going on. But this is our first bad review. You ready? Wait, before you go and read the bad review, let me temper myself because you know. (laughs) Yeah. So this one says title. You know how it gives you the title, the author, the country, the rating. So the title is They the Best. And it says use your DJ Khaled voice. They the best. Right? An exclamation, right? The author is Dr. J. Dr. J is from the United States, and it's a five-star rating. And it says, I absolutely love this podcast. During residency, I always knew there had to be more to medicine than just being overworked and not feeling in control of my life. This made me feel alone in my thoughts. This podcast makes me feel not alone and encourages me even more than I am a doc outside the box. And when Dr. Renee is on the show, it is even more powerful. Dr. Nee, you chose well, and she's Haitian, 
And she's from Brooklyn, just like myself. I think she meant to say Brooklawn. Did she meant to say Brooklawn? <laughs> no, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Don't listen. Or BK. Listen, don't get jumped. Dr. Renee is bad. Okay? Like, Not bad a- meaning bad, but bad meaning good. Honestly, these two amazing docs complement each other so well. And I love that they keep it 100. No fluff. Keep on doing your thing, Dr. Nee. We see you and support you all the way, brother. So yeah, that's our first bad review. Please. So Dr. J, how are you going to come on my show? That's Dr. Janika to you. So how are you going to come on my okay. show? And you know, like when you come into someone's house and Shout let's, say out two to people, Dr. let's say there's like two people who are sitting down, right? Sitting at a spot. And it's like literally she brought her hand and put it right in my face and just said mad props and gave you props and flowers and all those different things. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know this is Dr. Nee's show and all, but Dr. Renee, you the glue that keeps it together. So, yeah. Shout out to Dr. Janika. Dr. Classic, well, same way. <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. But Dr. J, thank you very much for this amazing <laughs> review. I appreciate it. Listen, make sure you send an email to Dr. Nee at drneedarko.com so that we can get you a link to set up a 15-minute session with us to talk about whatever you want to talk about get you going. And for other people who have read their podcast reviews, y'all need to write in and let me know who you are so I can send y'all the link so that you guys can get your 15-minute free session with me. Or if you want a t-shirt, whatever it is, y'all need to write to me and let me know. I've been reading your reviews and y'all not submitting who y'all are so I can get them information to you. But Dr. J, thank you so much for this five-star review. It is dope. I really, really... That was very sweet of you. Really. Very, very sweet of you. Oh, and... Speaking of T-shirts, shout out to Dr. Ava B for wearing your T-shirt on Instagram. Yes, yes. She rocked my T-shirt on Instagram or the show's T-shirt on Instagram while she's getting her hair done. So Dr. Eva, make sure you guys all follow her. Dr. Eva B. Is it Dr. Eva or Dr. Eva B? Dr. Eva B, yeah. Dr. Eva B, I believe. She's getting her hair done, getting those braids. Yes, Dr. Eva B. With almost 60,000 followers. Yep. Your coolest doctor, breaking stereotypes, spreading positivity and self-love, which is actually really amazing, actually. With, she's almost, they're literally, she and her husband are like mirror images of us. Mm-hmm. Dr. Eva is Haitian. Mm-hmm. And her husband is Ganyan. Mm-hmm. So, beautiful family. Yep. And she's got an amazing Instagram page. They have two boys just, too, right? Yeah, they have two boys <laughs> and a girl. Oh, they do have a girl. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Yep, I'm looking at it right now. She's rocking docs outside the box. The shirt looks good on her. You know what I'm saying? So if everybody wants merch, make sure you go to the website. Go to the shop section of Docs Outside the Box. And on there, you should be able to buy merchandise. Right now, we're just doing (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. I'm acting like we got mugs and like masks. Pens. And and all those joints and white coats and all. Now we're not there yet. But we got t-shirts. Docs Outside the Box. Yeah, you know, (laughs) we working on those things, guys. So, so I just want to say thank you, everyone. Dr. Eva, shout out to you. We're going to send you more t-shirts. All right. So now it's time to get serious. It's time to get serious. And there's been a lot of things that have occurred since the last time this episode went out. Yo, there's a lot of accountability that's going on in medicine right now. It is on fire. There's a lot of Let's just get straight to the point. There's a lot of lawsuits out there. There's a lot of lawsuits talking about ish that should not be going on. And I had opinions. 
but I wasn't sure if I wanted to put them out on the podcast, but I just thought that that would not be genuine, right? And I'm not going to get into too much in depth about a lot of these things, but there's some things that I want to talk mainly because one of them definitely on the periphery tangentially kind of touches docs outside the box. And then the other two that we're going to talk about just is kind of just state of the times, so to speak. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the civil lawsuit between an accuser and the Oregon health system, OHSU, and also Dr. Jason Campbell, which is a multi-million dollar lawsuit. Very serious deal. We first heard about this in late February. As everybody knows, Jason Campbell is known as the TikTok doc, and he, alongside OHSU, is in a lawsuit for sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, and this was a time bomb. This was a huge, like, shock, right? And I don't know if you want to say something about this first or no. You want me to go into it? I mean, I don't know how much we really can say. Again, still in litigation. I'm sure there's still some investigation that needs to happen, which, I mean, that really is the way that things should happen. If someone is accused, certainly an investigation should occur. But I just think that it's unfortunate that we have to even consider this type of thing potentially happening in just society in general, but certainly in medicine, we oftentimes kind of put ourselves up on a pedestal so that certain things wouldn't necessarily happen in medicine. I don't know why we look at it that way, because I just think that whatever it is, whatever it's medicine, sports, Mm -hmm. I don't know, politics, it's literally a reflection of society. Right. Right. It really is. And I don't know the facts of the case. So by no means, I don't want anybody to hear this and think that we are taking any particular side with any person. I think an investigation does need to happen. But the fact that this potentially could happen in medicine is always disheartening in in society in general. But certainly, I think part of the reason that it's so shocking is because when we think about physicians, one, we know so many physicians, right? So you don't necessarily walk around thinking like these things would happen, like pointing fingers like, yeah, I can see that person. Oh, I can see that person, right? We think of ourselves generally as a noble profession, right? That we have some sort of ethics. So there's no sort of, not no, but you've never had an experience of sexual harassment or misconduct. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never have, but I'm an OB. So it's very heavy female. So I would imagine if, but you never heard any reports of any of your co-residents or no, Mm -mm. not in residency. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, again, we're very heavily female residency program. So I think the likelihood, not to say that that couldn't happen within the majority female residency program, because it certainly could, but I think the likelihood is just less. When you have a majority, very, very heavy one gender of that happening to that gender specifically. Whereas I would think that it would be much more likely if it were happening to the opposite gender, right? So you could have like potentially all, like a very heavy female residency program, but if you have a male in the program, potentially, yeah, you might have some sort of accusation at the very least. And then certainly the opposite. I mean, that we have seen, right? With 
very heavily male gendered residency programs that we have females who then. Yeah, I think definitely I've seen a resident partake in that type of behavior. Actually mm-hmm. not seen it. I heard mm-hmm. not like I wasn't in earshot, but I saw what happened when an investigation occurred because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And obviously as doing surgery, I don't know the specific numbers recently, but I have to say probably general surgery is still male dominated. Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. just certain behaviors that we did in the 2000s that just are not acceptable right now. Right. Just frankly, just not acceptable. And I think what interests me about this topic is there's just so much we can learn about this. And there are things now that are just so black and white mm-hmm. with the way how you interact with someone and entering into their personal space and hierarchy and all of these things that nobody was talking about really in medicine in the early 2000s or definitely even before that. Not before that. that, yeah. Nobody was talking about it, but it was just these things that just have not been talked about. And you think about it like this is the perfect setup for these things to occur. I'm not talking specifically about this case. I'm just talking about medicine in general, right? Like you have hierarchy the entire way, right? From Uh medical student, like you literally for eight years, you have this hierarchical, even longer than that system where Uh you're involved in the system. And in order to make it through, You have to play the game and so forth. And Mm -hmm. now things are very black and white, right? No touching, not entering personal space. And that personal space can include cell phones or Mm -hmm. how you communicate with people. Right. And this case just highlights a couple of things for me. One, celebrity, Mm -hmm. obvious sexual misconduct and harassment. Like I said, the allegations are very serious in this case. And OHSU had did some type of internal investigation and found that Dr. Campbell had violated some of those principles. So what happened is, is that he resigned before he was dismissed and now he's at Florida. But obviously the full story needs to come out and all these things. Right. But the huge issue is people who have been told about this, the allegations are whoever was told about this and who were mandatory reporters per Title IX were not reporting this. Mm -hmm. And which is a big deal. That's part of the allegation. Which is a big deal. And there's some other people who have very high profile who are kind of tangentially involved in this case also. Right. Which, Again, which, highlighting the celebrity oh, yeah. oh, part yeah, of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's very interesting. Well, I think part of it too is the whole celebrity. When we think about doctors, we don't think about doctors as celebrities, right? But now with social media, I mean, pretty much anybody can be a celebrity, right. a social media celebrity. And so what does that mean in terms of someone's public persona How does that affect the way that they practice? How does that affect the way that they do any other parts of their jobs, like potentially reporting or not reporting? What does that mean for them? And what does that mean for the people who train under them or people who work with them? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a whole new dynamic. It's more than just a new. It's just it's crazy. So what I ended up doing is, I don't know if people have been checking, but several weeks ago, I took down the episode that we had with Dr. Campbell. We actually had his episode on twice. We had him down initially in, I want to say August or, mm-hmm. or September, we had his episode down. And then we also had his episode as a replay in late December at the end of the last week in December, mainly because his was a highly downloaded episode and we just did like the top five downloaded Mm -hmm. episodes. Mm -hmm. I took it down out of an abundance of caution, Mm -hmm. mainly because this is in litigation. 
basically. Right. And I didn't want the episode to cause amplification or cause any confusion or hurt someone while this whole situation is going on. So I just said, I'm just going to take it down mm. out of an abundance of caution and just take it from there. So that's what we did from an action standpoint on this podcast. And then obviously, I think it's really important to make sure that I and me reiterating to residents and so forth that you just cannot cross the line. Like you cannot cross personal space. You have to get consent and just don't do it. Do not partake in any of these type of things that occur on campus or occur at work. This type of relationship, whatever it is, is a very confusing thing. So just stay away from it. That's the way yeah. I look at it. And if this is happening to you, that you do have a voice, that you should not be afraid to come forward and use that voice to be able to basically stop whatever is happening. Yeah. And the other thing that I will say about this is that as physicians, as medical students, residents, attendings, you're all going to be interacting. We, you talked earlier about the hierarchy and Sometimes what happens is that the lines do get blurred. They just do. If the lines are going to get blurred, meaning if you are going to partake in a relationship with someone potentially who falls within this hierarchical structure, make sure that you are reporting that to your HR. This is not the time to make this a clandestine. Oh, well, you know, we don't want to tell anybody because you just don't know where this thing is going to go. You just don't. So make sure that you're reporting that to your human resources department so that people understand that, okay, this is the relationship that we have. Yeah, I think that's important. So one thing that I want to say is today I listened to an amazing podcast between Dr. Stephen Bradley and Dr. Kevin Simon Mm -hmm. on the Black Doctors podcast where they covered this exact topic, sexual Mm -hmm. harassment and misconduct. Mm -hmm. It's a really good episode. I suggest that you all take a listen to this for a more nuanced view on this. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're taking a very superficial view of this, Mm -hmm. right? But they focus an entire episode on this and it's really good. They talked about it in a very nuanced fashion. So I'll put the link in the show notes, but make sure you guys check out Dr. Stephen Bradley, his episode today on the Black Doctors podcast talking about this very issue. So the next case that has occurred that was a big bombshell was the case of Dr. Princess Dinar, as well as Tulane. I can see you rolling your eye. <laughs> mm. And Tulane, basically the gist is... So many things, so many things. The gist is, is she has a lawsuit against Tulane. She was offered a position, a position of leadership, but basically told, according to her according allegations... According to her allegations, According right. to her allegations, told up front that they do not believe someone who represents... The program and obviously represents Tulane did not believe that white medical students would white respect her rank. Yeah, would respect her as someone leading a residency program. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just kind of went downhill because she's black. That was part of the allegation. because she's black. Yes, right. thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, which is crazy, right? And this it's been on the news. It's been on Twitter, just like the first case we talked about. Mm-hmm. It's this been, is a civil lawsuit also. Yeah. So again, I don't know that Tulane has put out any sort of official statement. I don't know. I haven't. They have, but it's been very what you would expect, which is you know, right. we're investigating. We're investigating. Right. I don't know that they put anything out beyond that. But I work with pre-meds and 
oftentimes I think that there is a little bit of shock that there's racism in medicine. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not so shocking anymore. Not for me, obviously. So these allegations for me are not necessarily shocking, right? It's not a shocking allegation. Whether it's true or not, it's a totally different story. But I'll just, I'll leave it there. Because I have so many things to say about this. So I, many I, things. I but again, you. I don't know all of the pieces. So my opinions are based on kind of fill-in, right? Like, if this, then that, right? And you can't really base a public opinion on that until you absolutely at least hear kind of the facts. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing with these lawsuits is right. there's an allegation that goes out or a complaint that goes out. And then afterwards, we go into the discovery phase. Right. And that's when all of this information comes out. Sometimes people settle before that. For example, the whole issue of Colin Kaepernick versus the NFL. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He makes his complaint, his lawsuit, and the NFL actually settled before discovery came through mm -hmm. because... You don't want to go through when you know for a fact that people are communicating via email or by text or what have you. All of that stuff is fair game. Right. But before you go on, I just want to say that settling doesn't necessarily imply guilt. Right. I get all that. But what I'm just saying is the next phase may not be settling. I'm just saying the next phase mm -hmm. is discovery. Right. And that's when right. a lot of facts, emails, all of these different things will come out. Yeah. So yeah. we can't really speak on these two cases, really, because they are still in that phase. We can only just kind of make some comments here and there. But at least we're recognizing that these are major issues mm -hmm. that affect medicine. These are yeah. bombshell type things. And the latest bomb that came out is the issue with JAMA the Journal of the American Medical Association. So back on February 23rd, they put out a podcast episode called No Physician is Racist, So How Can There Be Structural Racism in Healthcare? An explanation of the idea by doctors, for doctors, in this user-friendly podcast. Right? And the episode featured host Ed Livingston, who is the deputy editor of Clinical Reviews and Education at JAMA, as well as Michael Katz, who is the president and CEO for New York City Health and Hospitals. And these two basically talked about structural racism. I didn't like the episode. At first, I heard about it through Twitter. And I got an opportunity to drive home, listen to it, and thought it was 16 minutes of a waste of time. <laughs> because it was a discussion about structural racism, but rather than talk about like really structural racism, it was really more, to me, more of a let's talk about how we can absolve people of racism. And the points weren't well made. I think that it was just a huge missed opportunity on so many different realms. I was frustrated because there are actual people who are doing the work on this, structural racism in healthcare, in so many aspects of medicine. It's like, damn, why didn't you just ask these people to come on and talk about it? So they took the episode down. But before I move on to what's happened, what are your thoughts on it? So the first time I learned about this was actually on Facebook and I saw... You still use Facebook? <laughs> first time I saw it on Facebook, I saw the title of the podcast episode. I think I commented on whomever posted. I'm like, oh, is this supposed to be sarcastic? I actually thought it was sarcastic because it said there are no racist doctors. And I was like, are they being sarcastic? 
right? And then I listened to the episode and I was like, oh, they're actually not being sarcastic. They're being serious. They really are like, yeah, there's no racist doctor. So how could there be structural racism? And I'm like, okay, so you really think that this is true? Yeah, the episode was trash. You know, it really was 16 minutes, like you said, of people giving a pass to racism and basically saying, you know, don't feel so bad about supporting structural racism as long as you are nice to people, then you can't possibly be racist. And that's not how that works. The missed opportunity for me is that, especially considering that this is an episode that was available for CME, the missed opportunity for me was... (laughs) That's actually kind of scary. Yeah, that's the ironic and very, very scary part. But it, you know, it just goes to show you that the medical education institution still has a lot of work to do. But... The missed opportunity is that you really should be having a much more robust and complex discussion around racism rather than, you know, coming in and basically having doctors do a CME that says, yeah, structural racism doesn't exist. If anyone says that you have an implicit bias, that can't possibly be because you are not a racist, whether it be implicitly or explicitly. And I'm like, wow, how detrimental of a message is this to medical education, to the practice of medicine and to the patients who are on the receiving end of structural racism? Shame on JAMA, you know, shame on JAMA for publishing something like this. And yeah, the episode was just a total, I won't say it was a total disappointment because I don't know that I totally did not expect this from JAMA, but it was definitely not an informed discussion, not at all. For a medical journal, I would say that this was really the work of a charlatan. (laughs) Well, according to WebMD, yesterday, one of the top research journals in the United States has placed its editor-in-chief on administrative leave pending the outcome of an investigation into a controversial podcast episode that critics label as racist. So it looks as though Howard Bauchner is on leave beginning at the end of the day. Bauchner is the top editor at JAMA. The decision to place the editor-in-chief on administrative leave neither implicates nor exonerates individuals and is standard operating procedure for such investigations. Uh, My thoughts on this is just kind of goes back to the whole gatekeeper thing. You know, I talk about this sometimes on the show and I talk about this to people who are interested in starting their own show or whatever it may be. And I say that, you know, you can't rely on these institutions to really change their ways either quickly or at all. And it really is up to us as individuals Mm -hmm. and even just us as a group of physicians to really come out and just speak out, really just create our own platforms where we can shed light on this issue in our own way. Right. Because as I mentioned earlier, like there are plenty of people who are doing really good work in this. And this to me seemed like a very easy thing to just say, hey, we don't know much about this. Let's bring those people on. Let's create a panel. We can do this easily as a, you know, one person can explain this or one person can do it. Like, it's very easy to email people and say, hey, come on the show or let's do it as a Zoom. Let's record this episode. But that didn't occur. And that's why one of the reasons I say it's a missed opportunity. The other thing too, that's interesting is they took it down right? They took the episode down 
And then there's a recording from Howard Bachner. It's not too long. It's about a minute long, kind of just speaking about the episode and their thoughts. Actually, I don't think they should have took it down. I think they should have kept it up and just had maybe an explanation in the beginning, just saying that this is, you know, redacted, so to speak, but this is the episode. This is the opportunity that we all can learn from. What are your thoughts on taking it down or keeping it up or not editing it? I think they should have just kept it up because this for me, this is the representative perspective of the journal. You know, again, going back to your episode with Estelle Williams, she said it, you know, probably most eloquently, but these are not just institutions, like these are actual people who are making these decisions. And so in order for this episode to have been published, it had to go through probably multiple iterations, editing and probably multiple people. So multiple people at JAMA do feel this way, at least at the head, do feel this way. They agreed with the episode enough to actually publish it. And the only reason it has been taken down is because it has received backlash. I think they should have just kept it up. Boy, was it a backlash. I got to say shout out to everyone, all the docs who went on Twitter, all the docs who wrote letters, you know, to the higher ups. I mean, I'm a part of some Twitter chat groups of some people who are really like they're way smarter than me and know so much more about all of these issues related to diversity and racism and, you know, the stuff that they were able to put together and the effect that they were able to get, how quickly they were able to get it. Like, I just say bravo to them. That's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talked about potentially bringing those people on, you know, that that's an option that they could have taken. They could have said, well, you know, listen, we don't really know much about this. First of all, you would have to assume that they really thought that they didn't know much about it. That's number one. And number two, the other assumption is that they wanted to bring another perspective on, which I would only guess that they know that they have access to lots of doctors, thousands, hundreds and thousands of doctors that they could have invited on the show, but they opted not to do that. And they did actually bring someone else on. It wasn't a solo episode. They did bring someone on who brought some perspective about structural racism. But at the end of the day, the message that was conveyed was that, and I quote, the word racism is hurting us. And so really, it seems like there was this attempt potentially to say we shouldn't use that word anymore because the actual word is hurting us more than the reality of racism is hurting us. So, you know, for me, I just find it very ironic that this was CME, but at the same time, in that irony, I'm not very shocked that it was CME. Um, Isn't it crazy how like in all three of these cases that we've talked about, like social media plays like a huge role in all of these things? It's really interesting. You know what? It is really interesting. And what's most interesting is that you still have doctors who are like, why would you ever be on social media? And I'm like, you're missing out on a major, major, major part of just communication. Yeah, that's the way we communicate now. I can't say it completely levels the playing field. I cannot say that yet because there, you know me, there's swaths of places mm-hmm. in the United States that don't have real broadband Mm-hmm. that it's actually really difficult for people to, you know, partake in the internet, right? So, but I do think in some form or fashion, it really kind of takes some of the power away from these big institutions, some of these big players and lets, 
you know, David have a little bit of, you know, some say and stuff. And if you get enough Davids together, they can take down Goliath. And man, this was crazy. So like these past three weeks, you know, a lot has occurred. And Mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say for us, I think the next several episodes that we're going to be talking about is going to be related to residents and them graduating. Congratulations again to them who are graduating and who matched and you know, keep up the good work, keep up the hard work to those who didn't match, you're going to make it. But we're going to have some several episodes talking to them mm-hmm. as to things that they can do from a personal finance standpoint to get themselves right and ready, because they're going to be really busy. And one of the last things they're going to be thinking about is their finances. So yeah, yeah, you got to think about those finances, because, oh, man, you know, the carrot is there to finish residency. But after residency is over, you got to figure out what that next carrot is going to be. And let me tell you, for many of you, especially if you're not going into fellowship, it's not going to be an academic carrot. So you've got to figure out what your life's carrot is going to look like. Yeah, well, you said it really well. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I'm a philosopher. Yeah. I think very deeply. Yeah, look at Karis one. Okay. <laughs> Karis Renee. Karis Volney. <laughs> Karis Volney Darko? Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> hey, all right. She, she dropping gems on this. All right. So listen, to everyone, this was update 11 point something. I don't even know what it's going to be, but we've done some major changes. So this is, I always give, like, whenever we make major changes, I do some type of incremental update. But this is 11 point something. This is how we talk, right? We talk about things that are affecting you all the way from med school all the way to being an attending. We talk about some important things that are going on in the world and we keep it real. So I hope for all the new listeners who are jumping on, I hope you guys become subscribers. I hope you share these episodes with other people to our day ones, those who've been with us since 2016, as well as the new Jacks. Yo, I just have to say thank you so much for rolling with us. You know, we're going to continue to make great episodes. We got some big announcements that are going to be coming on starting in April onwards. And you're going to be hearing from us on a weekly basis. And sometimes we'll have some impromptu episodes on Fridays also. And for those who have time to leave us reviews, we really appreciate it. Once again, if you've submitted a review in the past and I read it over the air, make sure you hit me up at Dr. Nee. That's D-R-N-I-I at drneedarko.com. Let me know that you wrote that review so I can get you set up for either, you know, a 15 minute session or maybe even longer or something else. You got to write to me. Let me know. All right. So look, we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Bye.